Hello, everyone. This is Sal from Bitcoin Taxes. Welcome to our podcast. Each week, we speak to an expert with knowledge related to cryptocurrency taxation. Our guests all have a unique perspective or expertise related to cryptocurrency taxation. Today, our guest is Tyler Kem from Visionary Taxes. Tyler is here to discuss research and development tax credits that can be taken for U.S. businesses developing new software and blockchain-related technology. His firm's objective is to bring awareness to this beneficial tax credit and help businesses get the most out of it. Tyler, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank you, Sal. I really appreciate jumping on here this morning. No problem, no problem. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your specific expertise? Yes. So uh, my name is Tyler Kim. I am the founder and CEO of Visionary Tax. We are a boutique research and development tax credit firm, specifically focusing on emerging industries. A little bit how I got here. I first looked into Bitcoin and, and blockchain technologies back in the summer of 2016. And that was at the time I was, you know, starting to take my CPA exams. And uh, it was one of those things where, you know, you start learning about blockchain, you just want to keep going down that rabbit hole. And right. so for the next few years, I really just dug in and found as much research as I could about the topics. And, you know, one day, uh, I think I was walking to work and, I just had this idea that, holy cow, everyone in this blockchain community is developing a new technology that's never been done before. They all qualify for the R&D tax credit. So I'd gone to the partners of the firm and was like, hey, we need to be getting into this, uh, you know, educating other CPAs, taking advantage of the R&D tax credit. And ultimately went back and forth with the firm for a little bit. And it just made more sense that I, I could go out on my own and really you know, spend a lot of my time networking and meeting a lot of the, the blockchain community and being able to assist in R&D tax credits. So I recently just passed my enrolled agent exams where I am now going to have unlimited rights to work with businesses and taxpayers and, and be able to help with any tax related issues that, that they have, such as back taxes or filing tax returns, or in my case, focusing on the R&D tax credit here. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's been uh, it's been a great year so far. Good. Well, I hope 2019 is a great year for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So we're going to hop into the questions. Can you talk a bit about what an R&D tax credit is? Yes. Yeah, so a research and development tax credit, it's actually a tax credit that's been around since 1981. Um, it's expired eight times. It's been extended 15 times. And in 2015, under the PATH Act, uh, it was made permanent, a, a federal permanent tax credit, which you don't hear a lot of, but it's a tax credit that we really believe that's going to be here to stay. And it's going to be a, a staple for a lot of startups and new businesses. The R&D tax credit is really for any business that's developing a new product, process, software, technology, invention, or patent and has associated expenses, which we'll get into here. Were there a lot of companies that were taking advantage of this credit? They definitely qualify for the R&D tax credit. It's, it's hard to tell if I'm not preparing the tax return, whether they're taking it or not. But the technology that's being developed, as long as it's being developed here in the U.S., the businesses can and should be taking the R&D tax credit. Um, just by doing my, my own research, going to conferences, speaking with people, I would say a majority, you know, up to even 90% of the people that I speak to don't even know about the R&D tax credit and are not taking it at this time. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big number that kind of, you know, shook me a little bit. But, you know, I think because the industry is still maturing and people are getting comfortable with how to file these tax returns, what to report, with that will come uh, being able to claim these R&D tax credits. 
Okay, so can you talk about how a blockchain or cryptocurrency business can qualify for the R&D tax credit? Yeah, so what we always look for as R&D consultants when trying to calculate and document and substantiate these R&D tax credits is we always refer to the four-part test. So to qualify for the R&D tax credits, all four parts must be met. Um, The first part is that permitted purpose. So the intended purpose of the activity is to create, improve the functionality, performance, reliability, or quality of a product, process, software, technology, patent, invention, or formula. So in our case, it would would be the, the software, the technology, the patents. The second part is technological in nature. So the activities must fundamentally rely on hard sciences, such as computer science, engineering, chemistry, biology, or physics. And the last two go hand in hand. So elimination of uncertainty and process of experimentation. So at the outset of a project, the the business or or the taxpayer know exactly how this was going to be done as it related to the design, the development method or the, the capability. And if not, were processes tried and tested along the way, which could be systematic trial and error, evaluating alternatives. And in our case, really testing that source code um, to, to see if it if the blockchain technology is, is ready to be implemented and go live. And as you know, in this industry, Bitcoin is and the blockchain is so new in nature that everyone is almost trying to change that algorithm, whether it's proof of work, proof of stake, um, proof of importance. There's, there's so many different ways that everyone's changing these algorithms that those are qualified activities. And so I guess going one step further, you know, you could be developing the source code in general. Maybe it's a a web or mobile wallet um, exchanges, or maybe you're integrating third party type functions into your platform. It could be mobile applications, could be the decentralized apps that you're developing. Um, So all of these types of functions that are related to and right around supporting the blockchain community can all really be considered qualified activities. There's three categories of expenses when we're looking to qualify certain activities, uh, projects, et cetera. And those three are wages, supplies, and contract research. So to pick up and generate these tax credits, we really first look at, were there any W-2 box one amounts paid to those employees that are directly involved in the research, or maybe those that are supervising and supporting the research. The next one would be supplies and materials. So any supplies or materials that are used or consumed during the R&D process. Um, There's not going to be a lot in the blockchain technology fields, but cloud storage costs can be picked up as a supply material. What about hardware costs? So it it can't be a depreciable item uh, that that is within the code. Um, So we really, when we think about supplies and materials, we typically refer to like a manufacturing facility where they're testing these supplies that may not be used after commercial release. So it's expenses that are consumed during that process. So we like to pick up, you know, cloud storage costs for supplies and materials. Um, And lastly, it would be contract research. So any amounts paid to 1099 contractors here in the U.S. That is one aspect of it is you can't pick up payments that are paid to contractors outside of the U.S. Okay. It does sound like a number of things do qualify though. Yes, most definitely. And the way I look at the software development industry and the blockchain and and the crypto space is that you're really either developing something new or 
you're doing some market research, which is actually a non-qualified activity, or you're more on the marketing side. And so, you know, one of the first questions that we ask is, you know, do you have any software developers, software engineers, uh, data scientists, PhDs, backend developers on your staff or that you're working with? And that usually gives us a good indication if there's some qualifying activities and expenses associated because they do fit that technological in nature. They are doing computer science or engineering type work. Hmm. And how about expenses or yearly costs? What which of those qualify for the R&D tax credit? Yeah. So, you know, again, it, it would be the, the, those wages, those W-2 box one, the supplies and materials, and any 1099 amounts paid to contractors. So every year we will request the W-2 box one, the annual payroll reports, um, look at their trial balances and understand, you know, what type of vendors were there or, or 1099 contractors. And ultimately we try and figure out a, a qualifying percentage for each of those employees that were working on that. Um, as well as any contractors, you know, maybe 50% of their time they're working on market research, but the other 50% of the time they're help developing this, this decentralized app. And so we really try to figure out how qualified each person is to ultimately determine what that qualifying research expenses total up to be. Okay. And is there a, a cap to the tax credit? Is there a maximum amount? Uh, no, actually, you know, businesses as small as sole proprietors can take advantage uh, on Schedule C to public entities. I know um, most of the, the businesses right now that are taking the tax credits are, are public companies such as Apple, Intel, IBM, um, you know, companies that are working with the big four. And this is when I kind of saw the opportunity to get on the ground floor with startups was because a lot of the R&D consultants are with the big four, these medium-sized companies that are working on the medium to larger businesses. And the provisions to the PATH Act in 2015 actually allow for qualified small businesses or startups to start taking advantage of what they call the R&D payroll tax credit offset. So qualified small businesses can actually use the federal R&D tax credits generated against their quarterly payroll tax owed to the IRS every quarter on form 941. And so in the past, you really had to be in a profitable tax position to utilize these tax credits. Now that's not the case. You can actually use these tax credits against your quarterly payroll tax, even if you're not in a profitable tax position. So I really saw that as an opportunity to get on the ground floor um, and start working with these startups that may not be profitable, but are paying payroll tax on a quarterly basis that, hey, for the work you're already doing, you, you shouldn't have to pay the IRS. That's right. And on that point, I know you work with uh, startups and small businesses. Would you recommend immediately taking advantage of the R&D tax credit or when should they take advantage of that tax credit? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, that's one of the first things we try to figure out. Um, when we're engaging, we really want to loop in the CPA as soon as possible for this reason. The R&D tax credits are really a tax planning tool that can be used immediately or the tax credits also roll forward 20 years on the federal side. I know in California, it's indefinite. Um, so it, it's one of those things that from the start, I really hope and think that businesses will start thinking about, especially in this tech industry, uh, blockchain that are developing and, and generating these tax credits. They, they really should be starting to look at it you know, from year one, year two. Um, just the fact that you can save cash in those years. You know, maybe you're thinking about hiring contractors 
overseas when it might make more sense to hire someone as a W-2 to, to take advantage of the R&D tax credit. So it really depends on every company's scenarios, you know, what they project in the next few years, but it's most definitely can be used as a tax saving tool in year one through five. Right. And I think most startups could benefit from saving a bit of money in the first couple of years. Right. I, I, I keep saying that this uh, R&D tax credit is really the most powerful tax credit for startups. Um, you know, when I look to Canada, who's had this uh, incentive and R&D tax credit has been permanent for many, many years. When you speak to someone from Canada, they're like, oh, yeah, everyone's taking the shred credit. Uh, it's just known that that's what you do. Um, so I think now that it's permanent here in 2015, here in the next few years, it'll start catching on and people will start um, thinking about it, you know, from the time that they're incorporating. Yeah, it sounds like it's a super useful tax credit. I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from it. Absolutely. So can you talk a bit about how the tax credits work and if you can amend prior tax returns to claim the credit? Yeah. So that's also a good question. So you can now go back and amend these prior year tax returns to claim any unclaimed R&D tax credits. And this was also new uh, as part of the, the PATH Act of 2015. Um, you can go back now as far as the statute of limitations are open, which is three years from the filing date uh, on the federal side. Uh, four years in California, every state kind of does differ, but um, you can go back now and amend these prior year tax returns and roll these tax credits forward um, if they're unused. And so, you know, the tax credits are a dollar for dollar reduction in year end tax liabilities. So uh, if let's say you generate $50,000 in tax credits on the federal level for 2018, and you're a C corporation and you owe 100,000, ultimately those 50,000 are gonna be dollar for dollar, reduce what you owe. So at the end of the day, you really own 50,000 to the IRS. Wow. Um, you know, that's on the C corp uh, level. Whereas for pass-through entities, these tax credits do pass through uh, ratably to the shareholders. So uh, if me and you own 50% of those, that company, and we generated 50,000 on the, on the federal level, each of us are going to get $25,000 in federal R&D tax credits that flow through to our individual and then can help us uh, offset what we owe on a 1040 and an individual state level as well. So not only does the business, can the business benefit, but uh, the shareholders can benefit, uh, just as much. And as you know, um, you know, tax credits on the individual level can be more powerful than, than what it is on the business level. Right. It sounds like a lot of people are going to be benefiting, especially if they haven't used them in the past and they roll forward. I mean, it sounds like you can save a ton of money. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's what I love about it is uh, being able to put, you know, money back in, in the taxpayers and in clients' pockets, really. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm sure they all appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's, for me, it, it seems to be a little bit more about educating right now and uh, creating this awareness that a lot of people just may not have ever thought about, didn't know was around, or maybe they did. And now it's permanent. It's something to look into. Absolutely. So what should our listeners know and understand when they're looking into the R&D tax credit? You know, I think the first thing would be just to ask your your CPA or accountant, hey, do we qualify for the R&D tax credit? Um, it's a, always a good place to start. And, you know, because this tax credit has come and go, a lot of CPAs and accountants have overlooked this tax credit. So, you know, reaching out to an R&D tax credit specialist to see if you qualify, 
you know, just as when is the best time, you know, we can evaluate, Hey, this year's or maybe next year. Um, but not only calculating, it's, it's knowing how to document and substantiate these tax credits if they were ever to be challenged by the IRS. Um, so what we do at visionary tax is not only help calculate, but we will help start documenting and substantiating these tax credits usually through an audit ready deliverable that at the end of an engagement, uh, we will deliver uh, once we've compiled the contemporaneous documentation. But we really want to show, you know, that documentation that links certain qualified expenses and activities to these projects and ultimately to these tax credits. Um, So I think it's very important to start thinking about documentation as well as when you're claiming and calculating these tax credits. Okay. And you prefer to work in tandem with the CPA, you said, right? With the business's CPA. Correct. Yeah. So in my business, we don't really focus on doing the day-to-day accounting or the tax return prep, but more so working alongside the CPAs and accountants to just kind of help them uh, calculate these tax credits, document and substantiate and, um, you know, leave, leave the bulk of the work, uh, you know, with the tax professionals themselves. That was a ton of great information about the R&D tax credit. I think you're right. I think there aren't enough people familiar with it. And I think once they become familiar with it, they're going to be incredibly grateful that they did become familiar with it. Yeah. And I, I think that's uh, just going to take some time, but you know, me being a part of this blockchain and crypto community and space, that's, that is my mission is just to help everyone realize that these tax credits are available, whether you reach out to us or, you know, reach out to your CPA or R&D tax credit consultant. You know, I just hope that everyone in this industry starts taking advantage. Absolutely. So I just want to, if you don't mind, I want to pick your brain a little bit about some of the business aspects of crypto taxation. Okay. Um, Cool. Awesome. So do crypto taxes in a business setting follow a different set of rules than personal crypto taxes? You know, that's a good question. Uh, I know there's not a lot of guidance right now as far as you know, what certain businesses should be doing. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm, I'm not someone that completely focuses on doing the day-to-day accounting. But what I, what I can say is that, yes, most definitely, if, if you're involved, uh, you know, in using, you know, Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies as, as part of receiving funds for services or whether you're trading, you should most definitely be, you know, calculating those capital gains and losses um, one thing that maybe a lot of people aren't thinking about on the personal side that could help if you incorporated a business is that if you're trying to take, you know, your crypto out of crypto and turn it into cash, um, you know, you have to pay a capital gain tax. And I have worked with some attorneys out here that are helping a lot of these individuals set up businesses to transfer their assets or their property into their business and ultimately deferring the tax that they would owe uh, on that crypto. So if, you, if you're looking to take out X amount of crypto, you know, it might be beneficial to start a business, uh, transfer that crypto into the business, you know, do your due diligence and, and get the right forms and the cost basis associated. So that way that you can take, you know, utilize your, your crypto in a business setting and not have to pay the taxes until you sell the business. Um, you know, I thought that was interesting what they were doing. And I think a lot of people in this space could benefit by taking their crypto out and thus deferring some of the tax. Now, would you say that's more for high volume traders or it could be for high volume and just day-to-day kind of regular traders? Yeah, I think it could be for, 
you know, either, um, you know, in the case where maybe you're just someone that bought in, you have a lot of crypto and you don't know how to get it out because you don't want to pay the taxes on it. Um, if you already have an existing business, maybe you, you pump some of the, the crypto into that. But I, you know, I think it, it could be for anyone. I think it's, it's, it's always smart to uh, create a business entity around any type of business, whether it's day trading, investing, um, I think there's a lot of benefits of creating a business entity structure around it. Interesting. The fact that you can send your crypto over to a business and avoid capital gains until you sell the business, that's pretty insane. Yeah. I do know some uh, some attorneys out here in LA that are doing that. If you and I are going to join uh, create a business entity together and I'm putting in $20,000 cash and you're putting in your car for equity, um, you know, crypto is really the same thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's property. Right. And so you can figure out the cost basis just like you can with your car. Right. The cost minus the depreciation, that's what you're, you know, contributing to the business entity. And so that's what they're doing too, is they're just figuring out the cost basis and you're transferring the cost basis to over to the entity. Um, and from there, you know, you can use the the crypto and then let's say in three years decide to sell the business for times X, then you're paying your, your gains on that, on that initial, uh, contribution. Um, so it's just a way to help kind of defer some of the tax that you would owe at least initially, I guess. But if you're selling your business, if your business ends up being successful and you sell it for, you know, a million dollars and your investment was, you know, $400 worth of crypto or something like that. I mean, that's a ton of gains you're screwed on right there. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so thanks for speaking with us today, Tyler. Of course, there's a lot more to the R&D tax credit uh, situation. So if somebody wants to find out more, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, they, you know, we only just briefly touched on a lot of the topics here today and uh, more than happy for anyone to reach out directly. Uh, my email is tyler at visionarytaxes, T-A-X-E-S.com. Uh, you can also find us at visionarytaxes.com. Uh, on a lot of our social medias, we're going to be found at Visionary Tax. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn at Tyler Kem. Um, more than happy to uh, set up a, a preliminary analysis where we can, you know, help estimate and scope what the potential tax credits are, and hopefully, you know, find the right path for any business that's looking to take advantage of these R&D tax credits. Great. Well, I hope anybody listening that's in a small business can take advantage of this and get in touch with you. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, More than happy to pass any sort of information that we can that can help any business of any size take advantage of these R&D tax credits. Uh, We really appreciate you having us on today. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. We, uh, We hope to talk soon. Talk soon, man. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to our Bitcoin Texas podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for another great podcast discussing cryptocurrency taxation.